Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. We are currently in a series uh, called Restoration and we're talking about what it looks like for us to join in the restoration of all things. Part of the language we use around here is following the way of Jesus. Following Jesus is a way. It's a way to follow. It actually impacts our life and our finances and our time and our calendar. But it doesn't just, we don't follow the way of Jesus just to make ourselves feel better or some sort of like therapy for ourselves, but into the restoration of our neighborhoods. And we believe that the overarching story of scripture is one where God takes a garden in the first pages of scripture, and creates a garden city in Revelation 21 and 22, that the world is going somewhere. There is an ultimate story that we find ourselves in. And we find ourselves in the middle of kind of what was in the garden, and what will be in the garden city. And so as we follow Jesus, what does it actually look like for us to join in that restoration, join in the restoration of all things? We have been invited into that process, into the kingdom of God, into this coming policy and government. So um, I want to talk about vocation, about faith and work. Um, There's a TV show called Severance. Anyone seen it? Anyone watched it? No, basically no one. Um, It's a, (laughs) cool, just me. Uh, It's a sci-fi show. I don't know why I watched it, but um, basically they worked out, they worked out technology in the show to split your work self and your kind of personal self. And so your work self would only know themselves at work. So they would like clock in at nine, clock out at five, and then it would just be nine o'clock again. And your work and your sort of personal life self never knew what you were doing at work. You would split into two completely. And um, needless to say, the kind of the show didn't go well. Um, but we kind of want to do that. Like we kind of want to do that sometimes, right? We want to put our work selves over here and we want to put our personal selves over here or our faith over here. And part of the journey of spiritual maturity in following Jesus is actually integrating ourselves, actually integrating all the different parts of who we are. That's kind of another way that you can explain the gospel is the reintegration of all things, all the things that have been split apart and separated in ourselves. We we get so good at like compartmentalizing ourselves. Um, But part of following Jesus and part of maturing is reintegrating all of life. And following Jesus is slowly giving every area of our life over to this king and giving our, our whole life over to the way of Jesus, to the, to the goodness of Jesus, even when it feels wrong or hard against our kind of natural nature. And surely, the areas that we give most of our time and energy and attention to, our work, or whether you're a parent or whether you're retired, the thing that you spend most of your energy on, surely that um, has to find itself in our following of Jesus, the thing that we spend the most time on in our life. And so I just want to take you through a few scriptures. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 and work all the way through. No, we, pretty much, but Genesis 1. I want to um, talk about work and really about the theology of work. What is work for? Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So notice right from the bat, God is the first worker. He, he's creating. God is at work, right? So work is a God thing. 
Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And so right in the first pages, the first opening little lines of this, uh, this, this poem in Genesis chapter 1 around the creation of things, we see God working, but we see him working in a bunch of different ways. Number one, he's creating beauty. So he's created the heavens and the earth. Just think about the heavens and the earth. He's just like creating stuff. The second thing he does in his work is he generates order. And days one, two, and three are all about separating things out, separating light from darkness, separating land from sky, and then water from land. And then the third thing he does in the next couple of days, in day four, five, and six, is he cultivates abundance. He creates trees, he creates animals and fish and things that multiply. He creates humans that are meant to be fruitful and multiply. And so God, in his working, he's creating beauty, He's generating order, and he's cultivating abundance. That's, that's God's work. We go on in Genesis chapter 2, and verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. So part of the problem... And part of the answer to the problem was creating humans. And part of their role was to work. So God is the first worker. We see the second workers are Adam and Eve, humans. And they're called to work, to cultivate the ground, to do the same thing. They are made in the image of God. And so they are called to create beauty, to generate order, and cultivate abundance. Um, we go on in Genesis chapter 3, and we see the fall where Adam and Eve eat from the tree that uh, God told them not to. In verse 6, it says this, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing for the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it then. This is what I wanted to show you. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, and so they sewed fig leaves, which is working, right? Sewing fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And so the first thing that happens after the fall is they begin to work, but they work to cover themselves, to find protection for themselves. So instead of creating beauty and generating order and cultivating abundance, what they begin to do is they use work to like cover themselves, to find protection. It goes on, and um, the story goes that Adam and Eve get exiled out of the Garden of Eden, and each of uh, the actors in the story, the snake, the woman, and the man, um, get consequences for what they had done. And this is what it says in verse 17. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I command you, you must not eat from it. This is, this is the, the consequence. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. And it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since you were taken from, uh, that you were taken from. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. And so we see after the fall, 
uh, work becomes hard. There's like toil to it. There's thorns and thistles, and it's going gonna, gonna, gonna to be sweaty work. And so we see work isn't just a thing that we have to do to get through life now, but it was actually, there was original intention for it in Eden. God worked, humans worked. It was only after the fall that work became hard. And so now we find ourselves in between what was and what will be, which I'll show you in a second. And we have this kind of imaging of God in us, this like ability to work, and yet work is hard. So what do we do? We have two choices. We can go back to the original intention of creating beauty and generating order and cultivating abundance, or we can do what Adam and Eve did and work to protect ourselves, to cover ourselves up. And we all have the tendency to do that with the things that we do. Whatever you do, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or you volunteer or you're a student and you're studying, we can use that actually to cover ourselves up instead of creating beauty generating order, and cultivating abundance. So that's kind of what was, and then what will be, we have these a few pictures through the scriptures of what work looks like. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 to 4. Um, in the last days, this is, a, this is a picture of the coming kingdom of God, because the garden city. In the last day, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains, It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He'll teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The Lord will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations. He will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation. And so we see this image of like beating swords into plowshares. So this is a picture of the end days of the coming creation, the new creation. And I just want you to notice that there will be plowshares in heaven, in the garden city, which means there will be some form of work, some sort of cultivating. And so it's really interesting that right in the ideal of creation in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 1 and 2, we see work. And at the end of the story, we see work. And then there is this kind of work going on of turning destructive things, swords, into productive things, plowshares. And so as followers of Jesus, we get to, James K.A. Smith says this, we get to bend ever so slightly the earthly city towards the heavenly one. We get to use our work now to take swords and reform them into plowshares. That's like part of what we get to do, to create beauty, generate order, and cultivate abundance. Then Revelation 21, 22 is the classic verses that we see around the kind of new creation, the garden city. And we see this city come out of heaven. It's a reconnection of heaven and earth, a really central theme of Scripture. And there's all these images, it's all the garden stuff, and there's all these kind of natural resources that we see in Genesis 1 and 2, all these stones and different things, and they are formed into a city. The garden has been cultivated, worked into a city. It's still got all the gardeness to it, but it's like there's life and culture and all these nations streaming in, and there's um, beauty and art and architecture, innovation. And the promise there is that Maybe there's this kind of image in Revelation 21 and 22 of all the kings bringing in the best of their nations. 
And the promise is that our work today actually might find itself into the garden city. That the thing you build, the thing that you create, the thing you spend your time on actually might find itself in fulfillment in new creation. Maybe even your kid's artwork, right, might find itself in the new creation. That is kind of the image of kind of the resurrection, that we take the stuff of earth and it's resurrected. We don't just go to some other place, but the stuff of this world gets reformed, reshaped, and renewed into a heavenly city. Then Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This is the last verse, I promise. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you do. So we find ourselves, again, in between what was in the Garden of Eden, what will be in the Garden City, and in the meantime, we are to do whatever we do for Jesus. Jesus is our boss, not Gaza or Susan or whoever it is that we're working for, but it's Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate boss. Of course, we have responsibility to people, but we work as if we are working for Jesus. And that tells me something very profound and significant, that what you do, the thing you spend time on, the thing you create with your hand or your mind or your parenting or whatever it is, is actually work unto Jesus that we are part of bending this world ever so slightly towards the garden city. We get to create beauty, to generate order, and to cultivate abundance. We get to create beauty, and this kind of lends itself to different sectors of work. It's not so clean-cut as that, but you think about artists or builders. I know there's a lot of chippies in the room. Right? Landscapers, Eddie. Uh, hairdressers, musicians. It's all creating beauty, right? Generating order. You think about... Um, law or engineering or cleaning or road work or first responders. It's taking chaos and making order out of it. Cultivating abundance. You think about entrepreneurs or people who work in health or education. It's like creating an abundance in people, creating health in people. And so um, uh, beauty. Any, who's, who's a trade? Scotty. Scotty's a tradie, chippy. What he does is he creates beauty. He creates spaces for people to live in and, and inhabit and places of hospitality. Like that is kingdom work, creating beauty. You know, that, that's, that's epic. Um, order, who we got? Um, 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 where's Angelina gone? She's gone. She was here. Where is she? Yeah. Plumber, right? If you've ever been in a house without plumbing or where the plumbing's gone wrong, it is chaos, right? And so generating, like plumbers generate order. And like, there's so much to be said for that. Like, it's like, it's exactly what God was doing in those first couple of, of days of creation. It was generating order, making sure the right things are in the right place. And there's like absolute um, uh, validity to that. Like that is, that is kingdom work. Abundance. Um, teachers. There's a bunch of teachers. Where is it? Where's a, where's a teacher? Emily. Up the back, you are creating abundance with your work, with young kids, right? These little minds, these little humans, creating them, teaching them, speaking life into them because they are going to grow up and be fruitful and multiply. That's, like, that's what it is. It's creating abundance, this thing that continues to create and move forward. That's like education in a nutshell. It's epic. Parents, you are doing all three of these because you're creating beautiful little humans, you're doing lots of generating of order because anyone who has kids knows that absolute chaos, right? That's like most of your job is creating order out of chaos. And it's abundance, the same thing that I was talking about with Emily. Like you're, you're creating a human that has potential to continue to create and create and create and create. 
the invitation for all of us when we find ourselves in between what was and what will be in terms of work is that we actually get invited into partnering with Jesus in the restoration of all things. That you have a place. You have a part to play. That you have been welcomed in. That your gifts, the thing that you spend your time on, even if it's not what you want to do in the future, even if you're studying for something else or you wish you were in another job, right where you are, whatever you do that says in Colossians, do it as work unto Jesus. Whatever you do, wherever you find yourself. And the invitation is that we get to play a part in the restoration of all things, that your work matters, your nine-to-five matters, the things that you spend energy on matters, your parenting matters, your grandparenting matters, your volunteering matters. All of that is actually not just playing its part right here and right now, which is awesome, but it's playing part in the bigger picture, in the bigger story. Is that cool? Can I pray for you? If you wouldn't mind just to, um, you might want to close your eyes. Plant your feet firmly on the ground. Open your palms out in front of you if you feel comfortable. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you allow us to partner with you. I thank you that there is an ultimate story at play. That there is a bigger story that we get to be a part of. Thank you that you are restoring all things. That you are creating beauty out of ugly situations, horrible, horrific situations that we find ourselves, we see on the news. Thank you that you will generate order where there is chaos, where there is anxiety, where there are things where there shouldn't be. And God, I thank you that ultimately you will cultivate abundance. That you are creating a world where there will be enough for everyone. A world where everyone lives freely. They live life and life to the full. But in the meantime, I thank you that the invitation is for your people, the people that are citizens of heaven, ambassadors of reconciliation, that we get to play a part in bringing heaven to earth, just like you prayed, Jesus. That we're not just rocking up to work. We're not just throwing another nail in a stud or making another thing on Canva or having another Zoom meeting or in the classroom just again, or cleaning, or just making food for our toddler, that we are actually working for you. And we get to bend the world around us ever so slightly towards the Garden City. And so I just pray just in these next few moments of silence that you would speak to us that you would remind us that the work we do actually has eternal value. Maybe there will be a challenge for some of us around the way that we've been doing work. Holy Spirit, what would you want to say to us as you invite us in to the restoration of all things? We just give you a few moments of silence to speak.